With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The following is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Z-Jam down by the seaside. Beckham Z-Jam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Run. Mick Wicked on the inside. Mick Wicked to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on. Down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon down by the seaside. Down by the seaside. And Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Mel Marr looking for the line. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity And Dan Dubay to win the Potomac Pace. This guy's the Energizer Bunny as they head for the Royal Fire Guns. Here he comes, foiled again. He keeps going and going and going and going and going. You're tuned in to the official. Podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing, Post Time with Mike and Mike, with co-hosts Mike Carter. And it's bus 936, and bus 936 on the wings of an angel. And Mike Bozich. Outside, heaven rocks, but the clock's running out. Fella Buster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry. are locked and loaded, ready for another week of host time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and boy, do we have a show for you coming up this week, but I'll tell you what, we've got a celebrity on the show this week in Mike Bozich. Listen, man, you got to call Foiled Again's 100th win. Not only did you call it, granted the race call, listen, I told them to edit the race call out because it wasn't that good, and uh, the ESPN <laughs> edited the race call, and they put their own little graphic up, so that was good, but uh, you guys uh, got some uh, national attention this week, man. Yeah, that was fantastic, and by the way, hats off to everybody that was hashtagging and tweeting that kind of put the pressure on ESPN to uh, use foiled again in the top 10. That was good stuff. Harness racing community gets together and boom, right there on the top 10. Isn't that great? What can be accomplished when people get together and stick together? Yeah, for sure. And of course that's all kidding aside. Of course, no, that call was fantastic. I think I've listened to it about a hundred times. I mean, that was, you couldn't have planned it any better. Um, I, I don't think we had our Jackson live remote that day, Mike. And, uh, I'll tell you what, what a way to end that remote. Um, it was really cool to kind of, uh, get that, uh, get that action. So foiled again, scoring win number 100 and the mainstream media picked it up, but we got to kind of give credit to, you know, we, we all kind of helped it along, but 
I'll tell you what, our man uh, Cubby Van Wagner reached out to John Butchergrass with ESPN, and uh, he was all for it, man. He was all for having Foiled again on and uh, putting him in the top ten, so I thought that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, that was really cool, and I know he got some attention from some local TV stations as well as some newspapers. And, hey, whenever you have an opportunity to get harness racing in the mainstream media, I mean, we have to go for it. I mean, you have to, you know, Katie, bar the door, batten down the hatches, do whatever you got to do to, uh, you know, get harness racing some exposure. And I'll tell you what, if you can't promote a horse that has made $7.5 million and won 100 times and, and has just been able to hold his form steady throughout the for, throughout much of his career. I mean, obviously, he's not the same horse that he was three, four years ago, but here's a horse, Mike, that had $4 million seasons. A couple of those seasons that he didn't make a million dollars, he was knocking right at the door, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars $900,000. And the fact that he is still racing at 14 is fantastic. That is unbelievable. It's an unbelievable accomplishment. Mike, he's the true iron horse. I don't know what else to say. Listen, if you go to Google and just type in foiled again and just kind of scroll through the news stories, of course you have, you know, the harness links and things of that sort. But you, you circle through some of those stories from the local TV stations. I mean, there's videos everywhere from CBS New York, um, just all sorts of stuff all over again talking about foiled again and his 100th career score. So uh, hats off to the connections of foiled again. And speaking of uh, the connections of foiled again, we're actually going to talk to uh, Joe Corey this morning for a little bit. We're also going to talk to winning driver Yannick Jingra um, as uh you know, Yannick has driven foiled again through most of his career, Mike, and uh, I know it had to be a meaningful, uh, meaningful win and one for the books. Yeah, certainly. We could talk a little American history, too. Yeah, we've got lots to talk to Yannick about. I mean, Hannah Lore Hanover and Ariana G and and of course, foiled again. What a what a week for Yannick, by the way. And, and you know, I'll tell you, Yannick is usually cool as a cucumber. I mean, win, lose or draw. Yannick is usually one of those guys that the emotions are right at mid-level right and i gotta tell you there 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 couldn't have been yannick's eyes couldn't have been dry when he was crossing that finish line i'll tell you that right now and if you look mike as the horse was coming back to the winner's circle you could tell yannick was rubbing his eyes that's going to be one of my first questions i asked yannick was the emotion level just from him on a personal level of course obviously he drove a lot of those wins for foiled again but i mean just a big big week you know, for Yannick Shingron, it could even get bigger come pace type. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he drives American history in the Meadowlands pace uh, coming up this Saturday. And uh, he's got a big chance with him, if you ask me, Mike. I think uh, that Yannick's got a shot with American history. After the trip he had, he was kind of trip compromised. And uh, we'll dive into that and uh, much more later on. But we're back on the road this weekend, Mike. Uh, we head to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment on Saturday night to cover the 2018 Meadowlands pace. And boy, do they have a stake-laden program. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, just up and down. There's just some great, great superstars of the sport of harness racing. And, you know, I think it'll be another superstar in the making of horse that's going to, uh, you know, come out in the Crawford Farms Meadowlands pace, a horse that's going to kind of stamp his foot going forward on the three-year-old ranks and beyond. But, yeah, you're right, up and down, just a fantastic, fantastic ride. I have a couple of horses I really like that – Maybe can pay some prices, too. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on. But uh, let's jump away from that for just a second, Mike, because I don't, I don't want to get sidetracked and get the show started without mentioning the remote that we had on Sunday at Jackson. And I know, the, first of all, the crowd outstanding. 
my Facebook feed uh, was just full of videos of the big crowd at Jackson Raceway to see the final time the horses go around that racetrack for the final time in 70 years. And, Mike, I know you expected a big crowd because you were live on site, but did you expect it to be that big of a crowd? Not at all. I think I expected probably what they did, probably about two, three thousand, and uh, they got anywhere uh, from fifty-five hundred to six thousand people uh, packed into those grandstands at Jackson. They were along the apron, they were underneath the grandstand. Everybody wanted a glimpse of what was happening at Jackson, and you know, I don't think when they crossed the finish line for the final time, I don't think there was a dry eye in the place. Uh, if you checked out our Facebook Live. Um, from that day, uh, we ended the show a few minutes early. I, uh, I told Kate who was sitting with me, I said, I want to go out and I want to get the reaction from people on Facebook live. And I thought that was the right thing to do. And it, it, boy, was it ever the right thing to do? I mean, hearing the roar of the crowd when they turned for home. And when I said all day that I could hear the roar inside the grandstand where we were located, I mean, Mike, it, it shook the place. I mean, it was unbelievable how loud that crowd was. And, of course, you know, you see things like this, and you just wonder in the back of your head, you know, what if? If you go back a few years ago, what if Michigan would have got the expanded gaming? Because Mountaineer was the the company that owned Jackson when they closed, and, they, you know, they purchased Jackson because they felt that there was a good opportunity that expanded gaming would come. And, of course, it never did in the state of Michigan, but you just have to ask yourself, what if? You know, Jackson never – really had a problem getting people um you know and i'm gonna tell you on the weekends there each and every weekend weather permitting there was you know two three four thousand people there you know not quite the crowd that you saw but i mean certainly a, a great crowd um you know now obviously a lot as a lot of harness racing venues face trying to get those people to wager is a different story. And, you know, we've talked about that a million times, but our harness racing needs to improve that aspect of it. But as far as just crowd and number of people and people having a good time and enjoy harness racing for its roots, Jackson has always been that place. And, you know, you just have to kind of ask yourself, what if, if, uh, you know, Michigan would have got the expanded gaming a few years back. That's another show in itself. I think we've already had that show a time or two, Mike, but uh, <laughs> listen, no, I could but, go but on. In- Go ahead. I, I could go on for days about that, Mike, because, you know, that's a that's a, a story that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and before we take a time out and we get to Joe Corey, you know, the one thing about it, um, Mike, that I think, you know, is worth noting about the whole thing is our listenership that day. Um, we don't normally brag too much on our listenership. Um, you know, we don't like to toot our own horns too often, but the listenership on this program on Sunday was actually a lot higher than I think either one of us guessed it would be. Um, yeah, we, it was good. And, and, the, and the archive too. And that's the thing that, you know, we, we don't, we don't have access to the bet America numbers and, you know, bet America has been with us for what, a couple of years now. And we don't, you know, you don't really, you can't really keep track on the archive because people listen to the archive every day, you know? Right. So, and, the, what the big thing I noted, wanted to note from that was Mike Way, who um, helped put this thing on, he said himself 
And a lot of people, I think I heard it from a lot of people, they said, man, we couldn't be there, but we were so glad that we were able to listen and, you know, kind of hear some of the stories that you guys uh, brought. So, you know, uh, like I said, I don't like to toot our own horn that often, but uh, this is one of those times where, you know, you look at it and say, wow, look at, look, you know, look what we were able to bring, help bring to people. And, uh, you know, that made me feel uh, a lot better about the, uh, about the whole situation and the whole day. Yeah, no question about it. Well, let's get this show on the road. My friend Joe Corey, part of the ownership group of Foiled, again, will be joining us, plus Yannick Shingra and Eddie Dennis. And we're going to hear from Allison Conti and Heather Wilder from Pacing for the Cure. Lots to come on this busy edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll get the ball rolling right after this. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join Revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Back on both time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter wants to get a jam-packed show here coming up today. Joe Corey's in the on-deck circle. He's going to be joining us here in just a few minutes, part of the ownership group of the great Iron Horse Foiled again. But really quickly before we get to Joe, I just want to uh, spread the word a little bit from our fr- good friends at Windback Farm. Larry and Jackie Drysdale's Retirement Open House presented by Windback Farm of Ontario, is coming up on August 18th from 3 to 6.30 p.m. And and uh, for those of you that don't know who uh, Larry and Jackie Drysdale are, Larry's been the Ontario manager uh, for Windback Farms for several years. And he is his wife. As a matter of fact, Jackie's got a good nickname. They call her the Jackie of all trades from the office to helping <laughs> with stallions. Uh, Ontario, one of the busiest farms for Windback, and uh, they certainly uh, – deserve a big high five uh, for all the breeding and uh, and helping Windback Farms of Ontario become what it is today. So once again, that's the Larry and Jackie Drysdale Retirement Open House. We'll give you a few reminders as we get closer to the date. The shows continue on here post-time with Mike and Mike. That's August 18th 
from 3 to 6.30. And it's proudly presented by the Windback Farms of Ontario. Mike, once again, we're going to talk about one of our favorite subjects, the Iron Horse, uh, the true Iron Horse uh, of harness racing, foiled again, still going at age 14. And uh, Mike, Joe Corey, one of the part of the ownership group, of foiled against certainly, and we're going to talk to him in a second. That's, it just had to be a very emotional win to get 100 off his back. Yeah, for sure. I got to believe that uh, I think everybody was ready to get that 100th career score, and uh, we'll bring in Joe Corey now. Joe, uh, for, now that you had time to digest things a little bit, uh, how's everything going? <laughs> well, it, it, it's going pretty good. I have to say that uh, I actually feel good that it's over, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, you know, not, not in the sense that it wasn't emotional. It wasn't a great experience, but the pressure of all the great times we've had with foiled, uh, and, and just wanting to get to that, that win and get it over with so we could get the pressure off our back a little bit, um, I think was, uh, was a good thing as well. So, but yeah, it was a very emotional day. I know, I know my dad had tears in his eye, uh, my brother as well. And I know the other owners, Mark and Mike and Ronnie and his family, um, it was a special day for all of us. Joe, one one thing about it, and I, I was you actually kind of touched on my next question is, you know, how, the pressure of trying to get win number one hundred, and obviously every time you'd go out on the racetrack and be second or third, uh, you know, the, there there came that uh, social media pressure, so to speak. Oh, is he done? Is he had enough? And, and boy, did he just kind of grind it out, and boy, was he gutsy as ever uh, on Sunday. Yeah, you, you know, I think. The biggest thing with him now is, and you can't fault him for this. I mean, he's 14 years old. He's uh, had <laughs> hundreds of races, and it, it just—it's hard for him to the quickness and the speed to get in a good position for him to have a chance to win is the biggest obstacle. So, you know, I think everything kind of lined up well for him on Sunday. We were able to draw inside. Um, he was able to get to the top relatively easily. Uh, for a change and then one, once he gets there he's just he's not going to he's not going to let horses go by I mean they're going to have to really work to get by him um, as you guys have seen over his career and he still likes that he likes the fight and he likes the the competition so you know once he was able to get to that spot it was gonna I knew it was going to be pretty difficult for them to get by him that day Visiting with part of the ownership group of Foiled again, Joe Corey. Uh, Joe, let's turn back the clock a little bit. Obviously, you guys, and in, in, I'm not sure of the exact year. I don't really have the uh, the notes in front of me. I, it was either back 2007 or 2008. You guys plunked down $62,500 for Foiled again. And actually, a little bit of a trivia question that a lot of the, not a lot of people know. He did make his debut for you guys right here at Harrow's Philadelphia. I think it was in a, uh, it was in an upper condition level event. I want to say it was known as a 22, five or something and finished fifth. And after that, boy, it was kind of like the rest is just history after that. But take us back to the, the, the days you guys first buy him. Do you, did you remember, do you remember a lot when, when you first plunked down the money for him? I do actually, I was, um, I was in Indiana at the time and I got a call from my brother and he said, Hey, uh, we just, we finally got the deal done. We bought this horse foiled again. And uh, I said, wow, that's great. I know we've been working on it for a long time. And uh, I know Mark and Mark and Kevin were both very instrumental in, in, in getting that deal done. And um, I, at the time, none of us could have ever expected this. I mean, right, we were buying a, a four-year-old that we hoped would make a four-year-old open type um, either at Chester or the Meadowlands or, or Yonkers. And, uh, you know, 
how many years later, you know, nine, ten years later, we're uh, actually it was ten years ago, uh, I believe this past weekend that we actually bought him and uh, could have never expected to the, the decade to go by and, and him do what he did. Now, Joe, obviously uh, people are wondering what's next for the foiled, uh, foiled one, for foiled again. Uh, we, we saw this morning on Facebook that uh, Saratoga is trying to get entice him by, uh, by helping out with a uh, condition, so to speak. But are you guys going to kind of take him on a tour and kind of let him see a few different racetracks and uh, kind of, you know, close things out at the Meadows towards the end of the year? Well, I, I did see the condition sheet, and I've never seen a condition written like that before. I don't know if you guys have, but um, <laughs> no. winners of 100 races and 7.5 million—that was pretty, uh, pretty cool to see on a condition sheet. Um, but to be, to be honest with you guys, I mean that's that's a Ronnie Burke decision. Um, you know, it's that's above my pay grade. But you know, Ronnie will do with him what he feels is in the best interest of Foiled, and you know, as long as he's healthy and happy and sound and still wants to do the work you know Ronnie's gonna you know Ronnie's gonna let him enjoy the time with the fans and and let as many people see him I would assume and you know that's that that's up to Ronnie Ronnie will make the best decision for the horse he's the one that's that's been doing it the last 10 years and I think he's done a pretty pretty darn good job so far once again visiting with Joe Corey Joe let's talk a little bit about the race itself take us through your emotions I mean were, were you emotional I, I was, yeah. I mean, I was because, you know, we've we've raced. He's raced in races for, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and uh, won huge purses. And you know, you don't think of uh, that type of mid-level condition race as something that you're really excited about or ready to, you know, ready to become emotional about, right? But um, you just think about all the things that he's done for for me personally and my family and uh, you know, the, the, our, our, what we consider our extended family, the, the Burks and the Weavers and the Brusemis and, you know, even beyond all that, but just our other partners with other racehorses and other, and, and other horses that we're involved with, you know, foiled for the stable, I, I think has made such an impact and such a difference in, you know, the types of horses that we've all be, been able to buy and, um, the lifestyles we've been able to afford for our families and things like that. You know, it's it's been a remarkable uh, experience. All right. Well, listen, Joe, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to, to Foiled again and all the horses uh, going forward for uh, you guys. I'll tell you what, it's it's been such a fun ride. And it's not over yet, but I'll tell you what, it, it was such a fun ride. And, and, and I got to tell you, Joe, calling the race, and I, I've been calling races for, for 20 years, I, I don't think I've ever gotten emotional really over a horse race, that one I did. I mean, I got to be honest with you, dude. I couldn't even do prices. I couldn't do rundown. I couldn't do any of that stuff. I don't think I did any of that stuff. I just, after the, after he hit the winner's circle, I, I was done for about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Mike, and, and you know what? I, I can really appreciate that, and, and, we, and we thank you for the support you've shown him and, and, and your team, Mike and Mike, and um, you know, at the end of this, there'll, there'll probably be a big extrav- extravaganza and a retirement party that we'll all hopefully enjoy, and hopefully a lot of people will be able to attend. And um, you know, I, I think Ronnie going, you know, trying to put him on as many racetracks as possible for the fans will be a, a, a wonderful thing. And you know, you got a couple of guests coming up that I'm sure can give you some more insight. And Yannick, and I don't know if you know this, but Allison was uh, one of Foyle's first caretakers, yep. so you might want to ask her some questions about. Uh, you know, her day-to-day uh, interaction with him, because I think she'll have some good insight as well. 
No question about it. Well, I'll tell you what, and I, Mike, well, I'm making an executive decision now. Joe, you got to let us know when that uh, party is because I got a feeling we'll be doing a little broadcast from there. I think that sounds like a plan, huh? That sounds good. Yeah, we'll be sure to let you know. All right. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the support. Take care. All right. That was Joe Corey, and uh, wow. I mean, just a, like a proud papa right there. For sure. I mean, just hearing that emotion from Joe Corey about, uh, you know, his emotions when foiled again won, you just can't beat it, Mike. You just no. can't beat it at all. No, no. Good, good, good stuff. Yannick Shingross coming up at the top of the hour. Plus, uh, Eddie Dennis is going to be joining us, too. We're going to get a chance to hear uh, from Eddie. And uh, I'll tell you what, Mike, you know, we really like to promote our uh, small stables. I mean, small stables everywhere. Eddie Dennis is, you know, one of those guys. He races a few horses here on the Delaware and in Pennsylvania circuit. So we're going to talk to him about his career. Certainly can't wait for that. But up next, we're going to talk to Allison Conti and Heather Wilder as uh, they will talk about a big pacing for the Cure event coming up at Scioto Downs. That and more up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. The Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey is proud to present the National Standard Bread Horse Show. Coming up on August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. It's fun for the whole family. The fun starts on Friday, August 10th at 6.30 with games and fun divisions featuring the Sam McKee Memorial Barrel Race. Then on Saturday, August 11th, it's Western In-Hand Showmanship, Driving, Roadster, and Gated Divisions. And on Sunday, August 12th, Dressage, English Equitation, Jumping, Hunters Fresh Off the Track, War Horse, and the Pacing for the Cure 2 Gated Pleasure Class. This year's show is in memory of the late, great Sam McKee. For more information, visit us at sphonj.org. That's sphonj.org. It's the National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Be there! New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org.
Back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And uh, Mike getting ready to join us here in just a few minutes. The regular driver of Foiled Again, Yannick Shingra. Of course, he was the pilot to Foiled Again's 100th win here last Sunday at Harris, Philadelphia. And, you know, I mentioned Yannick, one of the one of the coolest guys in the business that that I've ever met. I mean, he, his personality is very, very calm. He always keeps his emotions in check. But I, I got a feeling that this one was was pretty emotional for him. Yeah, for sure. It had to be, you know, it's one of those things where you saw the, you know, the fist bump come across the line. And, you know, it's one of the, I, I felt the excitement from the race from Jackson, Michigan. I mean, it was just unbelievable um, how amazing it was to see foiled again win. I can only imagine what it was like sitting behind him. All right, let's bring in driver Yannick Shingra, driver foiled again. And, and, and Yannick, you, you just heard me, but I got to tell you. When you were turning back and headed to the winner's circle, I, I kind of I saw some eye rubbing going on, buddy. Yeah, it was definitely emotional, no doubt about it. Um, you know, the horse is bringing me so many pleasures um, over the last 10 years, you know, no doubt about it. He's been, uh, you know, one of the most special horses anybody could be associated with. And, um, you know, I knew he was going to get to win number 100. It was just a matter of time. But, uh, you know, he was close a couple times. Uh, I, I was just happy he was with me, you know, honestly. Like, uh, the horse uh, deserves it, and, and I was just, I'm just uh, happy I was able to be aboard. Yannick, take us through the race a little bit now. You got the you got the lead. You drove him you, you drove him kind of aggressively off the wings. Um, you got the second quarter that you wanted. Uh, but then, you know, right with about three-eighths to go, Bongiorno pulls pocket with Perseverant. That gives room for Artsma to shoot the gap. Was there any anxious moments there at three quarters? Well, the three quarters, you know, I mean, that's when you really kind of know, you know, he's still the same horse as he was as far as, like, his demeanor and stuff. And at uh, the five eight, honestly, when Joe pulled, I really didn't know because, like, I was on the loose line, and, and that's kind of his, his thing, you know. I mean, he, no, up, up until he gets to the last turn, he really don't show you what he's got. And then, uh, so when Joe did pull, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. You know I mean? Maybe he'll beat me, be the guy that's, you know, benefiting now from the two old might beat me too, you know, but around last turn, he started to latch on the bit a little bit, you know, and, uh, he showed me that he, he had still one more left in him. Now, Yannick, you've gotten to drive foiled again in a number of his victories. And, you know, one thing about it, when you're approaching a milestone as a driver, you know, it's always nice to get it off your back. Was it nice to finally get uh, win number 100 kind of off his back so the pressure was kind of taken away from him? Well, no doubt about that. But the one thing about foiled again is that every milestone he's ever had to go through before this one, he's passed on first try. When it was Gallo Blue Chip um, record, the first time he uh, he had a chance at the Gallo Blue Chip record was Kenyan Pacing Derby in Canada. He was like eight ten to one. He hadn't been on top form, and and that's the first time he was racing for a purse big enough to give him a chance to achieve the feat. And and he won. You know, I mean, in a trip that usually not his type of trip. You know, get away eight and come up the inside, squeeze through horses, and it's it just not not a typical four up again type of race. When it was the five million mark. I believe it was the, either the Ben Franklin or the Breeders' Crown, one of the two, you know. Like, every time he's had a chance to go over a new milestone, it was his first try, you know. And then when I raced him at Yonkers this winter, it was his first try with me anyway. And then um, I really believe that day was the day, you know. And he, he came in, like, maybe a, maybe a little bit bigger than those shorts, you know. And, and it, it was um, kind of, you know, in one way surprising, but yet, you know, he's just not, you know, the foil again he used to be. But, yeah, it, it's no doubt they was happy to get it up his chest and, 
you know, a lot of people were talking about it all the time, and, and there was disappointment every time, you know, you would get beat in, in one way. Not disappointed for me, but I felt the disappointment for the fans. And uh, to be able to get it done, and now we can just uh, focus on the uh, – now maybe we can showcase them around you know, uh, North America, go to a different racetrack, and let people enjoy it, you know, instead of uh, focusing on, on the next win. Visiting with driver Yannick Shingra. Yannick, out of all the races that you won with Foiled again, I mean, going back, uh, gosh, eight, eight, nine years now, is there one that sticks out to you, one that's kind of the most more memorable? Yes, no doubt. The Breeders' Crown at Pocono, to me, like, is uh, it's Foiled again, you know, it's him. You know what I mean? Like, from the moment, because he's not the fastest, he's not, you know, the, the strongest, he's not, you know, he doesn't have any of those, you know, the quality of, uh, you know, the, the scary fast horse, but he his will to win, his desire, his heart, that's definitely what defined him through his career. And then that race is exactly what it's about. Like the gate open, he was going as fast as he could go from the time before even the gate opened because, you know, the, you know <laughs> it felt like anyway. But like the moment the gate opened, he was going as fast as he could go. And I got away like third or fourth. I removed him to the front, no breeder. As soon as I got to the front, um, um, that horse, um, I'm, his name is escaped me now from Canada. Uh, John Campbell was there, and, uh, you know, that horse came first up at me, and, and we went at it up the back stretch with where we needed second over. And in third for home, I had Pet Rock in my back, and like, you know, I still see the race in my head. Like, they were coming from everywhere, and I mean, from everywhere. Like, you're thinking at the top of the stretch, I'd be lucky if I get the check, you know, and but he just refused to lose, you know what I mean? Like, he was definitely not the fastest horse in that race, he didn't have the best trip. But he just, you know, that was him. That that's spoiled again, and and that race will always be very special to me. Now, Yannick, let's kind of switch gears to Saturday night at the Meadowlands. Uh, obviously, a, a big card of racing action, and you've got to be happy with Hanalore Hanover, who draws into race number two, the Miss Versatility for the Free for All Mayors. Uh, Hanalore has been Five for five currently with a mark of fifty and three. But her most impressive race, at least to me, was against uh, the the battle uh, first battle with Emoticon Hanover up in Canada on North America Cup night. Hanalore Hanover has absolutely looked uh, strong. Uh, what are your thoughts on her? And I know uh, they probably haven't changed very much. Yeah, she's just so good right now. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, the uh, she's come back strong. She's come back so- sound and, uh, you know, couldn't be any happier. Like, right now, yeah, for sure, the, the race with Emoticon, um, no. That, my main concern, honestly, that night uh, was never, wasn't even at any of the racehorses in the race. It was uh, There was a new uh, billboard, like, a new television, like, halfway on the stretch. No, not really halfway on the stretch, maybe at the top of the stretch. And uh, warming up, and, and then the braids, she was scared, you know, you know, she was so scared of it. And she was trotting sideways every time she'd get her long side of it. And coming on the stretch, you know, that was my main concern. She'd just get by the toad board without crashing anybody, you know. And then, uh, so, um, you know, she's unbelievable right now. And then, um, you know, she's really hasn't been, been, been really tested. But, you know, uh, it's going to come in time. But uh, every mile we can get from her now uh, without, you know, going all out uh, is definitely something maybe we have later on in the year. Sitting now with driver Yannick Jingra, who uh, drives some very big horsepower coming up on Saturday at the Meadowlands. And Yannick, let's dive into Ariana G really quick. Uh, she kind of had a slow start to 2018, but boy, did she fire back in a big way last week. Uh, she's in the mile and an eighth Hamiltonian maturity. Uh, this is kind of a two-part question. Number one, does the extra eighth of a mile concern you? And number two, uh, how is she uh, returning to form uh, so far? <clears throat> well, the, the the mile and an eight no doesn't concern me. You know, she uh, she could have gotten another quarter at the at the wire last week, so the extra eight um, really don't bother me at all. Um, 
the outside post, I think, uh, with the extra eight, uh, is even less of a factor. You know, I mean, it gives me an extra room to get into the first turn and get position, whether it's uh, clear the front or it's you know to try to get somewhere in the middle. Uh, definitely not going to go back to nine, that's for sure. But uh, as far as that, no, the, the extra distance and the post, post position don't bother me too, too much. Um, as far as uh, her form, I, I thought she'd come back really good, honestly. She qualified really good in her first start of the year. She won 52-27. Like, it was, you know, very easy, you know, never really asked her. And, and then she got sick in Canada, you know. You know, you know stuff happened, and unfortunately it happened at the wrong time. Um, but uh, so she ended up missing the, the Ambro flight after that. But uh, you know she bounced back. She she came to Chester a lot. You know the week, you know maybe three or four weeks ago. Now it was just one of those races. You know I left the gate a little bit. Everybody left inside of her, so I took her back. And then then they walked to the you know the half, and then they come back at 55 up front. She come back at 54 and two at Chester. You know so uh, it's you know just hard to reach when you get away so far back on those tracks nowadays. And just it's speed, speed, speed. And I, I thought she raced really well, and then uh, she proved it. You know, she uh, she raced big last week, and I think uh, she's sitting on a, a very, very big effort uh, for this coming Saturday. Now, Yannick, in the Meadowlands pace, you drive American history, and you kind of got uh, bottled up in the stretch, but boy, did American history have a ton when he finally shook loose late. Uh, coming off that big 147 mile, it looks like he's uh, kind of peaking at the right time and uh, looks like he has a big shot to win the Meadowlands pace. Yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm, I was so happy with his, his start last Saturday. The Saturday before, obviously, he's at 47 mile. It's very impressive, and I, I was happy, obviously, with it. But you just don't know because the track was so fast that night, and it's who you beat. It's not really how fast you go. And uh, he did beat the Andy Miller's horse, who's a very nice horse. But, you know, other than that, like, it was a you know suspect field compared to what he's going to have to race this coming Saturday. So I, I really didn't get too, too excited about it, and I just – was kind of looking forward to his next start more than anything else. And, uh, but I thought he raced tremendous last week. You know, he did get bottled up a little bit, uh, you know, third quarter and then into, uh, away into the stretch. But when he did shook loose, he had lots of pace. And, um, you know, we drew well. We got lucky there. And then uh, I think the horse has a big shot, no doubt about it. You know, but there's five, six, seven horses in the race that has a big shot. So I think it's going to be a very exciting race. One more we want to ask you about, Yannick, in the 10th race, the William Halton Memorial. That's going to mile and an eighth to filibuster Hanover. Uh, this is expected to be one of the better-aged horses, certainly, uh, going forward. What are your thoughts on him as he draws post four in that field of 12? Well, I'm, uh, in all honesty, I've been disappointed a little bit this last couple starts. Um, I, I thought the uh, – I mean, his last three starts, really. Like, he, he started out the year really, really good, and um, maybe he fooled us a little bit. He was maybe – too good, you know, and then uh, that race, he raced at Chester, uh, when he raced the open horses there, he was tremendous, and then the, in the elimination of uh, the Ben Franklin, I thought he was just okay, I thought he should have won that race, but, you know, it's fast mile, you know, and, and then the final, it wasn't his, no, it wasn't his cup of tea, I don't think he's a horse that really cares so much about being on the front, so I, I made excuses for him, those two started, but then last week, I thought he had a good trip enough to, uh, you know, to get a good check, maybe not to win, not to beat those top two, but he should have been an easy third. And uh, he was just okay. And Ronnie took a blood on him, and uh, he told me there's a couple things that to work on, and his blood wasn't perfect. And he's expecting him to be much better this coming Saturday. So uh, we'll see how that goes, and uh, I'm hoping uh, for a bounce back from him. Fantastic. Well, Yannick, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. It was uh, certainly an emotional week, capped off by an emotional Sunday, and now you've got to put that kind of in the rearview mirror, and you've got a big day, lots of drives, busy day coming up on Saturday at the Meadowlands. Yannick, best of luck to you come Saturday, my friend. All right, thank you very much. All right, that was driver Yannick Shingrod. Yeah, there weren't uh, there weren't no dry eyes when he was on his way back to the winter circle foil. Again, that I can tell you. 
Yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, I was screaming at the computer <laughs> to try to get him <laughs> home. He uh, he looked absolutely phenomenal in his start on day. Those things where his heart just kind of showed showed through once again, and uh, you know he put in his big effort, and you know he feels he hasn't changed very much uh, since he was younger. So you know he still got that big heart, and uh, he was able to control the fractions up front. That's exactly what Foyle again needed on Sunday. Yeah, no question about it. So uh, that that was like I'll tell you what a what a moment. I mean, just what a moment that was when he got his 100th win, you know, I, 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 I'll tell you, I, I'll never forget that as long as I live. Absolutely never forget. If I don't call another race starting right now, ever in my life, I'll never forget that as long as I live. Uh, my, my career is complete. Well, I, I, I told, I, I told everybody to listen that same. No, I'm serious. I've told everybody to listen that same thing. That's a race call that you uh, uh, probably will not forget. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and it's not it's not even the race car, it, just the moment. I mean, just the 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 cool part watching the fist pump from Yannick, watching his return to the winner's circle, watching the winner's circle fill up, watching the hugs, watching the emotion, just the whole moment was unbelievable. I'll I'll never forget it, Mike. I honestly never will. We've got uh, we still got a lot left to come in this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Allison Conti and Heather Wilder are next. We're going to talk pacing for the cure. They got a big event coming up on Saturday at Saturday that we certainly don't want you to miss. Plus Eddie Dennis. We're going to uh, find out a little bit more about the career of Eddie Dennis and much much more coming up on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. But Mike, real quick, one of our favorite people in the sport of harness racing, Melissa Keith sent us, and, and, and I'll tell you what, she's, she does a fantastic job. Uh, she sent us a nice production piece about the, concerning the M1 pace, and I listened to it a few times, and it's really, really good. And I think, Mike, I think we should share it with our listeners. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think we, uh, she, listen, she does a lot of work for our show. If you, if you have it, if you, I think you might have to sleep under a rock to see, uh, to not see what Mel Keith does for our show. Uh, she does all of our quotes for us. And listen, we certainly appreciate that because Mike, I'll tell you what, between trying to f- make sure we ask the right questions and do all of that <laughs> stuff, you know, we, it gets, gets a little t- time consuming to get those quotes. So we certainly appreciate Melissa Keith and all that she does. So, uh, we want to help promote, uh, you know, her stuff as well. All right, so without further ado, we're going to hear that and more coming up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The 2018 Crawford Farms Meadowlands Pace Final is setting up to be an exciting race, but not the one that many anticipated. There was early hope that it might be a showdown between last year's Dan Patch winner as two-year-old pacing Colt of the Year. Coming to the wire, lost in time, lost in time, handily in 152-4. and four. And this year's North America Cup champion. Lather Up continues to roll, and he's rolled to a Pepsi North America Cup triumph for Teague in 148 and 1. With both champions sidelined, what was next? And it's all Jimmy Freight, absolute domination in this OSS Gold Division as he stops the clock in 149 and 2. Two supplemental entries vying for the Meadowlands Pace Final. It's going to be partly choice of the Buckeye in American history. Then tight, either Dorso, Duro, Hanover, then Jimmy Freight, then Babe Digby. 148 and 2, partly choice. 
factor in a blue blood who has what it takes to lay down a very fast mile at the Meadowlands. American history, that's five for Jingra. Then Hayden Hanover, 147. And let's not forget Canada's 2017 two-year-old pacing cold of the year who's hungry for more. Stay hungry and Doug McNair. Stay hungry rallies. Stay hungry. Then Hayden Hanover. Then tight. Think big, dream big, or nutcracker sweet. And then this is the plan. Stay hungry in 149. So who takes home the title in the 2018 Crawford Farms Meadowlands Pace? That will be settled at the wire on July 14th. I'm Melissa Keith. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com 12 championship races one spectacular night and father patrick and a coast home champion here breeders crown 2018 coming to the downs at mohegan sun pocono pitching up the rail modern legend there foiled again dead game clear vision laid on the outside pet rock on the inside Attention all breeding farms. Did you know Pacing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. It's time for our Pacing for the Cure segment, and right now we're joined by Heather Wilder and Allison Conti, names that are synonymous with the sport of harness racing. Heather, let's uh, start with you. A big event coming up as far as Pacing for the Cure goes at Scioto Downs on Saturday, July 14th. Heather, tell us a little bit more about it. Well, uh, Mike, sign-ups start at 5 p.m. It's going to be a walk, one lap around the racetrack there, five-eighths of a mile, and um, there'll be driver autographs. Um, there's a $10 donation to walk and $60 for teams of six to eight. Allison, this next question directed at you. Are you having a, a pacing for the Cure race, and what else will be included during the event? Yes, there will be a pacing for the Cure race. There will be a a blanket with the race. One of the individuals uh, living with MS will be honored during that. 
There's also going to be, we'll be set up weather permitting, and it looks like it's going to be an absolutely beautiful night. Um, out on the apron, there's going to be a 50-50 raffle and baskets to be won, as well as an autographed Columbus Blue Jackets jersey, which is always a huge draw for the locals. So that's really great to have. Now, Heather, how many years has Pacing for the Cure been coming to Scioto Downs? This will be the third year that they've been there. And actually, Stacey Cahill and Jason Roth have been amazingly supportive. When the charity was just starting out, uh, they were one of the first tracks to welcome them there. Um, and so, you know, they've, they've been great. They've helped along the way, as well as um, the Ohio Lady Pacers are very supportive. They did a 2019 calendar with all the proceeds going to Pacing for the, for the Cure. Um, and four of the lady drivers actually participate in that Trotting for Charity. And so their colors um, will be auctioned off throughout the year. So Spiota Downs and the Horseman community as a whole has been so supportive. Allison, what's next on the uh, Pacing for the Cure date tour schedule? Uh, we have a pretty packed, I would say summer, but it doesn't uh, uh, doesn't really slow down until November, actually. Um, Ocean Downs is next. That's Sunday, July 22nd. Uh, there's going to be Pacing for the Cure Night mm-hmm. at the Pittsburgh Pirates on Monday, August 20th. Uh, we come to you, Mike, Harris, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. on Friday, September 7th. And then, of course, the open space pace uh, down in Freehold, New Jersey. That's on Saturday, September 15th. And then there's also, every year, we do the annual Harrisburg Dinner Party. That's Monday night, November 5th. It's actually a, it's a really, really great package um, for anybody in the industry. And I know everybody's always at Harrisburg, but it includes two hours of open bar, buffet dinner, dessert. There's entertainment and um, a bunch of raffle items. This group does a really great job of getting amazing raffle items um and this year it includes an autographed set of brian sears colors so you can actually start signing up for those now there's my plug um and i, I hope everybody will because it's really you know it's it, it's a fun fun night in harrisburg and um it's it's nice to unwind after those long days at the sale you know they get a little draining yeah, certainly, no question about it. Uh, guys, real quick before we let you go, Heather, I'll uh, I'll ask you this next one, then we'll ask Allison the same question. But Heather, what is what is pacing uh, pacing for the cure mean to you? Oh wow, um, Jeff and Janine Getzik and their entire family um, are just wonderful people to start with, and then what I've been able to witness them give. Um, in donations of research as well as in scooters and financial support for medical um, medical needs. The, the people that are living with the disease of multiple sclerosis, um, the way that they have reached out and helped with that, it just makes me proud to be a part of the organization. And Allison? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, to, to echo a little bit of what Heather said, I think it's really amazing. Um, you know, we get in harness racing, I think sometimes we get into a little bubble. And I think it's just incredible to see the way that Jeff and Janine have um, bridged a lot of gaps. You know, they're, they love harness racing and, you know, helping people with multiple sclerosis is also obviously an incredibly important um, passion for them. So they, they've brought those two things together. And I mean, it seems like yesterday, the first time I ever spoke with Jeff and it, it was before I was even on the board. I was still at the USPA, and we were kind of just like, okay, well, we'll start small, and maybe this horse will, you know, I'll connect you with these people, connect you with these people, and, and maybe this horse will make the races. Um, and Mr. Bill G did make the races, but it, it's just amazing that even before that, 
they grew this into, into such a bigger movement. Um, and it's really inspiring to see the way that they connect communities and connect to people and the good that they do for people's lives. Fantastic. Allison Conti and Heather Wilder. Ladies, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you coming up on Saturday at Scioto. Absolutely. We'll be there. Thank you for having us. Yep. Thank you, Mike. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. The Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey is proud to present the National Standard Bread Horse Show. Coming up on August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. It's fun for the whole family. The fun starts on Friday, August 10th at 6.30 with games and fun divisions featuring the Sam McKee Memorial Barrel Race. Then on Saturday, August 11th, it's Western In-Hand Showmanship, Driving, Roadster, and Gated Divisions. And on Sunday, August 12th, Dressage, English Equitation, Jumping, Hunters Fresh Off the Track, Warhorse, and the Pacing for the Cure 2-Gated Pleasure Class. This year's show is in memory of the late, great Sam McKee. For more information, visit us at sphonj.org. That's sphonj.org. It's the National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Be there! with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, boy, what a weekend of harness racing action that's coming up at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. But uh, coming up this weekend for the Meadowlands Pace, we are going to be live of three hours worth of coverage beginning at 8 o'clock. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, certainly is just a fantastic, fantastic card, and and uh, we can't wait. I mean, up and down that card, Mike. I mean, just what a card, what a card. And uh, I'll tell you just real quick. I just want to talk about this for about twenty seconds, and we get to Eddie Dennis. But uh, in the third race, we're not going to be on the air yet because we're not going to be on the air till eight. So it's the Dell Miller Memorial for three-year-old Philly Trotters. A couple of horses I had a chance here to watch race. Sev Yorm, who set a track record. 
here for three-year-old Philly Trotters uh, a week ago at Harris Philly, and Faya Tosiv, who I actually thought went the better of the three Pennsylvania Sire Stakes divisions, uh, just kind of came out of the clouds, finished very, very willingly with a ton of trot. I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I think those are the two horses to beat, and uh, we'll see what kind of exact price we can get on Subby Orm and Faya Tosiv. That's in race three, and and that's my release, my friend. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk with Eddie Dennis here in just a moment. And, uh, boy, what a career he has had on the Maryland and Delaware circuit. And uh, this is a surprise. This is the first time we've had him on our show. Yeah, no question about it. And, uh, you know, Eddie's uh, just, you know, one of the – People, in my opinion, people like him that keep this harness racing business going. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the smaller stables, they don't get a lot of the uh, accolades that, you know, some of the bigger stables do. But I'll tell you what, they are very instrumental in keeping the sport going, especially on on an overnight basis. I mean, races that we see here each and every day. And right now, let's bring in our good friend, Eddie Dennis. Eddie, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? Thank you. Doing good. Fantastic. Well, listen, Eddie, let's uh, let's. Let's talk about the early days. Tell us, uh, I know the name Dennis is very synonymous in, in Maryland and in Delaware racing, but uh, tell us kind of how you got your start in the business and tell us about the early days. Well, I was born right into the business, uh, both sides of my family, my mom's side and my dad's side, uh, both were in the uh, harness industry. So I just grew right up into it like uh, a lot of other young guys did back then and uh that's how i got my start i just fell in love with it and it's something you can't get out of your system <laughs> and of course and, you know uh, eddie you talk about and you, you talk about the the dennis name and, and obviously so you you know you've uh, kind of family uh bred but tell us a little bit about you know the family i mean what, you know growing up in the business did i mean obviously your family kind of took you under wing and, and taught you what you know but i mean obviously along with that there had to be some sibling feuds and sibling rivalries as well uh, no, it wasn't bad. I started working. Uh, there's four years difference between my, uh, me and my brother George, and uh, so I was started there first. And uh, I had a, I got a half brother too. He was into it earlier than I was, uh, but he got out and went with the uh, electric company at an early age, which uh, has worked out great for him. But uh, me and George, uh, we just kept right on going through uh, and following my parents' footsteps and. Uh, but there wasn't no real robberies or anything like that. And uh, when I got to a certain spot, I thought it was time to take off on my own. And uh, and I took off on my own, and that's been 30 years ago. And it's been great ever since. I started out with my parents, and then I went on my own, and then I started catch driving. And and uh, then I ended up having a family and kids, and then I just backed out of the catch driving a lot and went to spend more time with my kids and growing up and everything because – Back when my parents were racing out all the time and here and there and stuff, uh, they didn't get to spend much time with us. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, spend time with my kids growing up, and I haven't regretted any move I've made since then. Now, Eddie, you're coming up on a 2,500 career victories, and what a stellar career you've had um, throughout the throughout the years. It's been kind of impressive, especially uh, just driving on the circuit that you're driving on. What makes the Delaware-Maryland circuit uh, so interesting to you? It's just home. Uh, when I started out racing and uh, on my own and catch driving, I mean, that was the uh, the circuit that we, the triangle circuit, I guess they called it at certain times and stuff. And, uh, that's just where we went and stayed. I, if Liberty Bell hadn't closed, I probably would have been a Pennsylvanian. Uh, I love that track. And, 
it's a shame it shut down, but uh, uh, race there in Brandywine and then uh, the Maryland and uh, Delaware circuit. And it's just just never really had a interest to go any farther than that because I just enjoyed where I was at, and uh, it was home. And uh, I did have a guy a long time ago. We were racing at Liberty Bell, and uh, and I was young then and just getting my start and stuff, and the Meadowlands was just starting to – get rolling and uh jack mose was racing at uh, liberty bell a lot and and we were talking one night he said look i'm getting ready to make a move i'm going to the meadowlands why don't you come with me and uh and give it a shot we'll, we'll go over there and see see what we can do and i thought about it and i said jack i said you know i like what i'm doing i'm comfortable where i'm at and uh you know if something good happens around here then hopefully i'm in it and and i'll be I'll be tickled to death, and it's it's worked out good ever since. I mean, I've never regretted anything of any decisions I've made whatsoever. Visiting with Eddie Dennis now, Eddie, you know, racing on the Eastern Seaboard, especially around here. I know you're racing uh, quite a bit here in <clears throat> Philadelphia. We see you, but uh, Harrington and in Dover, and you've got you know, especially between Harrington and the in the five eight tracks. I mean, just a different configuration. Harrington, a, obviously, a half mile track, a smaller track, a track that maybe is more speed friendly than than Dover, Harris, Philadelphia. Is there any? preparations or anything you do different when you know you're driving at Harrington versus say at Dover or Harrow's Philly? Uh, no, it just depends on your horse. I think a, a lot. I mean, if you got a good half mile horse and he's versatile, uh, it gives you a lot of options and, and stuff. But if you, you know, you just have like a, a horse that has to set and has one kick to him, then uh, the five eights might be a better, uh, a better track for him. Uh, the half mile is, uh, um, I don't want to say tight, but it just it just don't allow you to make a lot of moves sometimes that you can make on the bigger tracks and then space open up and that kind of thing. I mean, it, it just, uh, to my opinion, it just stays a little tighter racing and stuff if it's a good class of horse and, and stuff. But I, I, I just depend on the horse, and I try to set my horses up to what I race to Harris, Philadelphia, and, and what I keep uh, to race at Harrington, and, and that's the way I usually decide, you know, what's going to race where and how I'm going to set myself up and everything. Eddie, you've won a lot of races throughout your career. Is there any one uh, race that you would like to win? Um, you know, doesn't matter what it is. Uh, is there any one race that you'd like to see yourself uh, score a victory in? The Little Brown Joke. <laughs> I watch that every year uh, at home that week there or that four days. Uh, I watch it at home on TV. and I've been to it one time when I was very young, and I just vaguely remember it. I was with my parents, and uh, – uh, but – uh, that's that's the one race uh, I can't exactly tell you why, but I just think it's an exciting day. Uh, uh, all the horsemen get together out there. They seem like they have a great time, and and I just that's the race I would love to to win one day. And uh, and it might still happen, or just train one that races in it and and wins it. I don't have to really drive it. I mean, uh, I like the driving. Uh, I still get a thrill out of it and everything. But as uh, long as my horses race good and. Uh, and do well and everything. I'm just as happy as if I was sitting in the bike winning a race, to be honest with you. Eddie, let's uh, let's talk about some of the horses uh, you have in racing now. I know you've got uh, Apple Hanover and uh, obviously a horse that uh, does quite well here at Harris Philadelphia. Tell us about uh, tell us about your stable, some of the active horses you got going. Well, I got her. Uh, she's racing well for me. Uh, I think I've raced her 18 times life, and she's. Uh, Picked up 17 checks for me since I bought her as a yearling for 11,000. I mean, she's 
she's just a sweetheart to drive and be around and stuff. Um, then I got two two-year-olds that's uh, coming up Saturday in the uh, first leg of the sire stakes at Poconos that seem like are nice colts. Uh, they performed really well last week at uh, at Harris Philly. Uh, both of them win, and I think they win within hand and and were impressive or impressive to me anyway. Um, and I got a couple older horses there in the barn that just race around the Delaware circuits. Um, nothing extraordinary. I just kind of like to mess with the younger horses a lot more than I do the older horses. I don't like the claiming game. Um, I like the, I like the young horses. I like to break the babies and train them down. It's just such a, if you get them there, like the two the other day that win, I mean, that's a real big accomplishment from when we bought them at Harrisburg and, and last November when they never had a set of harness on and, and now they're in the winter circle uh, six months, seven months later. All right. Well, listen, Eddie, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck to you going forward, and I'm sure we'll see you a time or two or three here at Harris Philly. Yep. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right. That was driver Eddie Dennis. And, you know, it's it's good to, to to talk to some of the people that don't quite get the accolades all the time as is, uh, – you know, some of the bigger trainers and the bigger barns do. Yeah, for sure. It's always fun to kind of hear where they grew up and, you know, what makes them tick and what makes them drive and compete where they are. You know, obviously there's all the big stables out there, but it's really cool to hear from some of the small stables and kind of find out how they got in the business and, uh, you know, if they're passing on uh, down through the generation line. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah, the little brown jug, well, we get that answer a lot, don't we? Yeah, we were talking off air a little bit ago. We do get that answer an awful lot. Uh, that and uh, you know that and the Hamiltonian. So it's always cool to hear what uh, what pe- what races people want to uh, want to score in. All right. Well, listen, we're going to wrap things up when we come back here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Don't forget the big Meadowlands Pace broadcast will be live three hours, live from the Meadowlands, starting at eight o'clock on Saturday. We'll touch on that in a little bit more when we wrap things up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment for our championship meet that is highlighted on July 14th with Crawford Farms, Meadowlands Pace, and then wraps up on August 4th with our prestigious Hamiltonian. Join us for promotion pack Friday and Saturday nights with post time at 7.15. Test your skills and take a shot at the survivor wager for added gambling fun. For more info, go to playmeadowlands.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot-enriched states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback. 
BetterFarms.com. We're back on Post Tab with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. Before we wrap it up, we're going to once again take a look at the All-Star card coming up on Saturday at the Meadowlands. Mike, of course, and it is highlighted by race number eight, the Crawford Farms Meadowlands Pace Final, a field of ten. And, and Mike, here we go. We've got the two supplementees. Uh, or did we find out that wasn't a word? I think we found out that wasn't a word, didn't we? Yeah, supplementees or supplementers, yeah. uh, you know, however you want to say it. Well, Jimmy Freight and Courtly Choice in their next door, again, number four and five. But I'll tell you what, Courtly Choice brought it to the dance in the elimination, and uh, he's going to be probably the favorite uh, come uh, race eight on Saturday. What do you think? Yeah, I think Courtly Choice has an extremely big chance of uh, winning on a Saturday. He's going to be one of the favorites, that's for sure. But there was a couple of trip uh, compromised uh, horses in the uh, in the race on um Gosh, last Saturday night in the eliminations, um, American history being one of them. And he's actually my top selection. Uh, we heard Yannick talk about it for just a brief second. He got stuck behind um, Jimmy Freight, who was tired in the stretch. And uh, you know what? It was kind of cool to see him come back on. He wasn't as impressed with that 147 effort as he did. Uh, hungry in that race, but I think American history has got a really big shot here. If you're looking for a little bit of a price, a horse that I like, uh, that I saw here race at Harris, Philadelphia, won very easily under wraps. And then I thought raced pretty good last week in the eliminations was Think Big, Dream Big, starting from post date. Jimmy Tack is going to do the driving. Now, I know this horse kind of needs a little bit of a trip, probably needs a pace setup and a pace scenario. But if things work out right, I think Think Big, Dream Big could get it done at pretty decent odds. And even if not, I think you probably should put them underneath with horses like American History, Courtly Choice, maybe Nutcracker Suite, and uh, a few others. So that's going to be kind of my price that I'm kind of honing in on there. But, Mike, that whole card, I mean, we talked about in the second race, you know, uh, Hanalore Hanover's in action. Is that going to be – I think that's Rich Matei's long shot of the day, by the way. Handle or handle. Listen, if that's his long shot of the day, Courtly Choice is my uh, long shot of the day. Remember that day, North American Cup night? I say, oh, yeah, Courtly Choice is my long shot of the night. Two to five later, uh, he wins going away. (laughs) Jeez Louise. But there are some other good ones. Mike Grace Forns, the Stanley Dancer Memorial uh, for three-year-old open trotters. Uh, I definitely think you've got some uh, Hamiltonian uh, prospects. And I know you've got some Hamiltonian prospects in here. I mean, you've got the likes of uh, Wolfgang and Evaluate. Mike, a lot of people are are thinking Wolfgang could be the, uh, the Hamiltonian champ this year. Yeah, Wolfgang looks extremely sharp on the racetrack, Mike. Another horse, though, that I think uh, has kind of got his measure a little bit is Six Pack. Now, obviously, Six Pack um, is coming off a, a tough effort um, in the Beal, but I think Six Pack has got a, a very good shot against this group, and he belongs with the top contenders. If he can kind of stay in form, I think trainer driver Oka Swanstead uh, has a shot to win the Hamiltonian for the second year in a row. Yeah, no question about it. Race number five is the Mistletoe Chalice, three-year-old Philly Pacers at action. Uh, you know, one of the horses that I've liked, I've kind of watched it. It's kind of cooled off. Uh, Serene Stride, she got off to a very quick start here at Harris, Philadelphia. Uh, draws the uh, post position number one, but, well, there's some toughies in here. I mean, you are my candy girl, who's uh, two of five. I mean, not certainly as sharp as uh, last year, but we'll see what happens. Kissing in the Sand is obviously a horse that has turned a lot of heads. That's in race five, the Mistletoe Chalice. 
Yeah, Kissing in the Sand is going to be my selection in the Mistletoe Chalet. I think uh, everybody was very impressed with her performance. Uh, she is yet to be worse than second uh, this season as a mark of 49-3. and three. Scott Zeron is back in the sulky. Uh, I think 3-1 to one is generous uh, at best on Kissing in the Sand. I think Kissing in the Sand might be a little bit shorter of a price. Uh, but it's a big field, Mike. I mean, a field of 12, anything can happen. I think that uh, Wisdom Tree from Post 12 is a horse to watch as well. And I think Wisdom tree could uh, potentially show up for trainer Ed Hart. Uh, you already talked about the uh, second division of that Stanley Dancer with six packs starting from post state. The only other horse I want to mention in that race is Mets Hall. I know he's making his 2018 debut, but I thought this horse was pretty solid last year. I had a chance to see him race a couple times at Harris Philly. Obviously, we don't know if he's ready or not, but you know what? The Miller stables are very, very good, and you don't think that they're going to put a horse in a position uh you know, in, in a stakes position when he's not ready. So I think that's going to be one to watch too. The Hambletoni maturity in race seven, the four-year-old open, always one of my favorite races. Uh, Ariana G, boy, what a performance last week. We talked to Yannick Shingra a little bit about her, but she does draw post position number nine. Mike, do you think there's any worries there? No way. Uh, I think without um... – it's a mile and an eighth, and the big thing here is there's no 10, no 11, and no 12. I think Ariana G uh, is going to be put into a perfect position. Like Yannick said earlier, uh, with there being no trailers, he's really got an extra eighth of a mile to kind of figure out what he wants to do. And so I think Ariana G has got as good a shot of any in here. Um, a horse that I would watch, uh, Mike, towards the inside is the four top flight angel is one win in five starts this year but has hit the board numerous times has hit the board four or five starts for trainer julie miller eight to one morning line i think uh, you can get some value from top flight angel all right the golden girls tbg free for all mares and boy what a great field this is a field of 12 uh, this is going to be a wild one because i think there are a lot of options and we kind of keep looking for the chinks in the art uh, the armor of uh, Chartin, and uh, even though it looks like that we want to bet against her because she's rough here, does this wrong or does that wrong, what she's not doing wrong is she's continuing to win. She's 11 of 14, you got the 49 and 3 mile, you know. Um, I, I still want to play against her because there are so many good mares out there. I mean, you've got Blue Moon Stride, and you have L.A. Delight, and you have Mikey Franco, and and Diva's Image, and uh, Caviar Alley from Post 12. I think that's really going to hurt Caviar Alley, by the way, because she likes to be on and near the front end. I don't know if she'll be able to do that from Post 12, but there's so many good Mars out there. But, you know, as many times as we're just waiting for Sharpton to lose, it doesn't seem like she ever does. You know, one thing about this division, Mike, it seems like it's the strongest division uh, that it's been in a very long time, uh, the free-for-all mayor pacers. And like you said, you've got Blue Moon Stride to the inside. Windsun Glory might show up for Trader Ron Burke, Chartin from Post 4. L.A. Delights in here, Nike Franco. I mean, the rest is history. Call Me Queen B shows up in the free-for-all mayor's pace. That's kind of an interesting one as well from Post number 11. And listen, I wouldn't count her out from Post 11. Uh, you know, the back good early position where I would be a little concerned is if I was playing vintage babe pen pal or even pure country if pure country Mike is anything lower than seven or eight to one I would probably stay away 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like you know, it seems like every time we dismiss her chances, though, she comes up with a big one. But that you're right. That's, that's a great sure. race. That's a very good race. And one more to take a look at the William Houghton. We talked. Uh, to Yannick Shingra about filibuster Hanover and Yannick's been disappointed with the last couple of starts of filibuster. He kind of didn't hold no punches there and, and they said that the Ronnie Burke took some blood and, sh- and filibuster Hanover should be better uh, this week. But even if he is better, I mean, look, the likes of McWicked and Heaven Rocks, a horse I've been watching, the veteran market is always capable of a big effort. Sintra, you know, I know Garnett's going to be all over him. Boogie Shuffle's <laughs> another horse that I really, really, I mean, maybe not so much in this spot, but overall I like quite a bit. Of course, you've got all bets off. He's, he's made a lot of money in his career, about 3 million or something. I mean, just a a great, great race here. Once again, my pick here is going to be all bets off. I think uh, from post number 11, the that's where the value is, I believe uh, in this race. Um, He's only hit the board four of eight, four of eight times this year, but he showed that mark of 48 and he looked really good in the elimination. Um, not for the hemp, um, for the Ben Franklin. And I was impressed with how he raced. Uh, obviously, Syndra beat him but was disqualified. I think all bets off from post-11 could be a, a game changer here. If he really likes to kind of come from off the pace as well. I am stoked. That's a big card. We're going to be live for all the action starting at 8 o'clock coming up at the Meadowlands Space. Mike Carter's uh, driving down, making the trip, and uh, it'll be uh, myself along with you, Jessica Otten, uh, Garnett's going to be there. I don't think he's going to be in our broadcast location very much, but he's going to be there. So I'm sure he'll chime in a time or two. And, and uh, our man Richmond Bate is doing TBG uh, for um, for the Meadowlands, so he'll be back and forth. So we'll have a lot of rotating parts on this broadcast. You never know who you're going to hear. Well, listen, stop. we're going to attend the baby races for the first time. That'll be cool to watch. And, you know, it's yeah, just, but it's I don't just know. I don't know who's, who's call, who's, wait a minute. Who's calling the baby races? That's the big I key. Have no I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I, you might want to keep the volume down. Yeah, yeah, you might want to. <laughs> um, but no, in, in all seriousness, you know, we—it's going to be a busy Saturday for us. Uh, you notice I just skipped right over that one. Uh, I it's did. Gonna be that a was busy that Saturday. Very nice. It's going to be a busy Saturday for us, and uh, so we'll be around the Meadowlands or in the vicinity somewhere um, of the Meadowlands uh, all afternoon. So make sure you stop down and see us. Uh, we, you know, we'd love to sit down and talk with a few of our listeners uh, if you happen to be there. It's going to be a great day of live racing, Mike. Yeah, you know what? You should be a politician, by the way. You just skipped yeah. that. Was beautiful. <laughs> that you know what? You answered that like a politician would answer a question about tax cuts or something or raising taxes. That was just <laughs> fun. But just go on to the next subject, like nobody knows. That's right. That's the way we do things around here. We'll see everybody back here on Saturday night with the first post of eight o'clock. Our normal show is on Thursday at ten thirty in the morning. We'll see everybody back here on a Saturday night. Have a great week, everybody. One last call for alcohol to finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.